Welcome to the Know Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garner. On today's episode, I'm joined by Daniel Prue, who is this episode's Know Nothing. We talk about the Cleveland Browns. We also talk about the Andy Billman documentary, Believeland. We chat about irrational passions, Daniel's love of video games, and what he's reading at the moment. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at KnowNothingPod. Also follow us on Facebook at KnowNothingPodcast. There you'll hear about all of our updates. Be sure to check out our website at KnowNothingPodcast.com. There we recently posted poetry from our latest episode with Terry Hartman. And now, the 18th episode of the Know Nothing Podcast with Daniel Prue. stress that I'm sure you're feeling. It's, it's coming on. The yeah. dread. I just started back this week at the school. Or not like officially, I'm just, I've been going in occasionally just okay. to putz around. And yeah. You gotta get your your uh, bulletin boards, your, yeah. you gotta get those all figured out. <laughs> I'm the worst at that. I gotta... Is, is that like still a thing? Oh, yeah. You teach in middle school, right? Yeah. But that's still a thing. You gotta... For great, for sixth graders, they it's good to have a vibrant classroom which okay. which i'm not really good at so it's good to have chelsea to help me out. <laughs> yeah because yeah, i i have some like teacher friends from high school that that's like their life oh, they're yeah. on pinterest <laughs> they're finding the teacher resources it's really useful. they buy like the teacher packs and stuff like, yeah. i didn't know this was such a crazy world <laughs> of teaching yeah oh it is i mean with the internet it makes it a lot easier like uh i don't know if you've heard of teachers pay teachers no that's basically where teachers just upload stuff that they've created and then they can put it on for a cost or put it on for free and then other teachers come on and, and just take what they like. Wow. It's basically like a crowdsourcing website. Yeah, for, exactly. For information. So teacher teacher supply. That's cool. I never buy stuff because I'm cheap. So I just, <laughs> I, I, just get I don't care. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I just get the free stuff. But you so. teach all the French stuff too. Yeah. You gotta add that aspect into it as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. French immersion. So what else are you doing this summer? Big plans or what? Just vid games. Okay. And what are you playing? Well, I got a PS4, so I don't know if you do. You, do you play video games at all? I I don't play much. Yeah. But I'm definitely dabble in that. You world. play the sports video games? I do. Yeah. That's my jam, <laughs> which we're gonna get into later. <laughs> well, that's but good. I, I I dabble with everything really. Okay. What What are you playing these days? Well, I I like a lot of um strategy and action rpg stuff so there's a uh it's called a moba you know like league of legends yeah yeah, well, yeah. there's one called paragon and there's okay it's like the same kind of game cool. it's on the ps4 it's a lot of cool. fun and then i overwatch i don't know if you've heard of yeah, overwatch overwatch i like that game a lot overwatch looks pretty cool i haven't ever played it yeah but i've i've watched it i i like i'm weird <laughs> I, I don't play many video games i yeah, just yeah. don't have the time for it and I find I get really bored, like yeah. especially video games nowadays. I find they're very long. I just like not so much like the MOBAs or anything no. like that, but just like if it's a story game, yeah, yeah. no. Some I, of the games I, take I can't a long time. sink sixty hours of playing eighty hours. Yeah. You know, Skyrim takes like well, that's the yeah, that's, that's like the extreme. the extreme. That is, yeah, that would take you eighty hours to probably play to the level that you're like, yeah. I think I played that enough. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I just don't have that much time. So what I like to do is I'll like watch. I'll t I'll watch Twitch oh, all okay, the time. Yeah, yeah. Is that what was on the TV when I looked? Ah, uh, like... no, that's like games done quick. Have you ever watched that? No, stuff? I've never done that. Oh, you like, should watch that. Like people doing speed runs or yeah. something. Oh, okay. It's on Twitch, but I was watching it through YouTube. They like do video on demand. But basically, what they do is for a week in the summer and a week in the winter, mm -hmm. they have this thing called Awesome Games Done Quick. Okay. And it's a week long of like 24 hour streams yeah, yeah. for an entire week of guys doing speed runs of video games. That's which is pretty geeky. Yeah. But you watch some of these and you're like, dang, <laughs> I could never play Donkey Kong Country that no, good. They, it's like, it's ridiculous how yeah. amazing these guys are. And they take donations and all that money raised goes to some charity. Oh, that's cool. And they usually raise like $2 million every every time they do it. Okay. For some like awesome charity. So it's like, it's, it's really awesome. cool. Yeah, yeah. 
you'll watch it and you're just like, man, that game that I pl- used to play, like Link to the Past is a really good one. I've seen the speed run for that. <sighs> so bad. Like I'm, I just feel so bad because I've, <laughs> I like struggled at that game forever. <laughs> I don't think I've ever beaten it. Oh no. Okay. But like they do it in like, I don't know, 30 minutes. What? <laughs> What's wrong with me? A lot, of, and a lot of times they exp- they use glitches to get through. Yeah, right? so, yeah, it's all I, about glitches. And I wouldn't feel too bad. They do this thing that's really neat too. Like you should look it up. It's called Taskbot. Uh huh. So it's it's like computer assisted speedruns. Okay. So they they like take a video game and they break apart all the code and then they have a computer play the video game. Oh, okay. But it's so optimize like the computer can play it so well (laughs) and get all the inputs in at like exact right times that it can just like completely destroy games like just break them so it can like beat games in like three seconds well it takes the fun out of it (laughs) but like the amount of like time and passion Mm. to just like rip apart these games and figure out how the developers made them so that they can break them is way crazy and it's like this like really weird thing that i enjoy watching <laughs> that's not weird at all i think that's fun yeah it's fun though i mean that's what twitch exists for is people just to have yeah fun so watch. i watch a lot of video games so i've seen yeah, yeah. like all the video games okay well cool i just don't play them I gotcha. so I gotcha. that's how i that's that's the world in which i live <laughs> today my guest is daniel prue we're talking about the cleveland browns welcome to the show Thank you. Thanks I'm so me. glad to have you on the show. And in a sense, you are probably the purest know-nothing I've ever had on the show. Oh, okay. Because in some way or another, the guests or myself, we generally have kind of an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we've, we've dabbled in that world. But I'm getting the impression that you've never dabbled in the world of Cleveland sports before. Cleveland, uh, not at all. No, no, this, I'm a, a Cleveland virgin. I, have, you, have you ever visited Cleveland? I, I know, we actually drove through it on a trip. So. On your recent trip? Yeah, yeah. How was it? Explain it in detail. Because it is my dream to visit the jewel of the, <laughs> of the Midwest. I think, I actually remember, I think is when we were driving through Cleveland, but I think we saw that big poster of LeBron. Yeah. Like with, with his arms outstretched. Yeah, witness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Whatever and you're I, all witnesses, and I didn't even know who that was, and so I'm you not, didn't even know who LeBron was. Well, I I know the name, but I I'd, I saw that humongous poster, and I didn't know who it was of. But my oh, brother's like, "Oh, that's LeBron," and I was like, "Oh, okay." This is so good. Yeah. So, what would you say your your level of knowledge of sports is? Like, where where are you on the sports uh, scale? I would say, if I had to put it out of ten, I don't know, like a. Three or a four. <laughs> like I, I enjoy watching sometimes. Like I'll watch some tennis yeah. with my family and uh, watch hockey really seldom, like once a year maybe. I yeah, that's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I watch no football. I don't think I've ever watched a whole football game. Man. Yeah. I'm I'm like salivating at the prospect of the know-nothingness, <laughs> which is you. Oh, I'm glad. This is so great. Oh, this- <laughs> And I'm as glad. part of the as part of the indoctrination that I just gave you, yeah, yeah. you watched the thirty for thirty doc uh-huh. by Andy Billman, mm-hmm. Believeland. Yeah. We're gonna chat about my love of Cleveland Browns. I feel like this is an AA meeting, and I'm confessing my name is Eric Garner and I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. Nice to meet you. That's how I should yeah. feel. Yeah. <laughs> Especially you after watching the doc. I'm curious what your first impressions were of the documentary. Like you had no idea what I was getting you into yeah, yeah. when you watched it. What, what were you thinking? The first feelings I had were like other times I'd spoken to diehard fans of sports because the, the documentary felt to me as if it was really getting in touch with people's emotions and trying to, you know, link Cleveland's failure to, a fact the fact that they they haven't lost faith like they, they will always be diehard fans they will always be you know it'll cleveland always in their hearts forever regardless <laughs> of what happens and and so i it kind of made me like sometimes when they were interviewing i can't remember their names but more than a few people you know would tear up when they're talking about this happening or that happening and i was and i i don't really relate 
but I can understand. Like, I get where they're coming from. So I guess my feeling was first impressions was like, they really, they really like their sports like a lot, <laughs> a, a lot. Yeah. 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 I think that's, that's, you hit the nail on the head. Like that documentary for me just really encapsulated a lot of emotions and the funniest thing is I have no ties, no connections. I don't know anyone from Cleveland. Oh, no. Okay. I, I have zero tie to Cleveland. So what, what made you love Cleveland then so much? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> the year was 2006. I'm just joking. But I will tell you the story. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so in 2006, my best friend, Garth Forsyth, I've had him on the show. Shout outs to Garth. Uh-huh. He's a huge football fan. Okay. I wasn't at the time. I knew about sports. I was more of a baseball guy, uh-huh. for sure. Okay. That's that's where my family's allegiances lie, yeah. baseball. But he was big time into football. Yeah. And we hung out every single day. So I watched, started watching a lot of football. Yeah. And he, at the time, he's a huge Peyton Manning fan. Okay. Maybe that name resonates. I, I do know that name, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, perfect. That's the, th- the three out of ten. <laughs> Peyton Manning sits in the three out of ten. So. Yes. Yeah. I've connected with you. <laughs> so he was a huge Peyton Manning fan. So because of that, he was a big, at the time, Indianapolis Colts fan, the team that he played for. Okay. Not that he loves the Colts necessarily, but he likes Peyton Manning enough to like that team. Mm-hmm. And so I saw him rooting for this team, enjoying this team, loving this team, and really connecting to football through this team. And I thought, I need to pick a team. Because I just wasn't really enjoying football okay. as much as I felt I should have. So you picked the losers? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so in 2006, I, I went through every NFL team and I studied them all. Yeah. I saw what made them tick, and I wanted to pick a team that was a little out there, admittedly. Like, I just feel like it's so easy to pick the team that wins all the time. Of course. Of course. Like. Fairweather fans. I know. It sucks. And I'm telling you, if if this has inspired anything in you, (laughs) and mostly what this episode is, secretly, is me trying to bring you to the dark side of Cleveland self-pity and loathing i do feel pity for cleveland (laughs) (laughs) but one day you'll be that cleveland fan okay yeah and you'll be one of us maybe possibly we'll see but my advice to you is if you were to ever pick a team to root for don't pick the team that wins all the time like that's that's such a cop-out you know so i did all this research and actually around the same time there was a guy that wanted, he was also looking for an NFL team and he like made it into a big deal. Okay. And he like wrote a bunch of teams and yeah. like told them, I want to be a fan. Convince me basically. And he had like all these teams sending him free stuff. Yeah. I feel like you could do the same. I, I could like announce to people that I want a team. That or... you're looking for oh. a team. You don't know anything about football. <laughs> But you're willing to sell your soul to the highest bidder. <laughs> Send me your goods. Okay. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. I'd probably get a lot of... You, you oh. could get a lot of swag. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about swag? I think swag is great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Three headbands, t-shirts. He's, op- he's open. Yeah. He's open for it all. Send me your pens, teams across America. And I <laughs> you will... like pens? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can do better than that. Sure. Full jerseys, okay. hats. Yeah. You could just yeah. be a walking billboard Whoa, for that I team. I was not thinking big enough. I need. Seasons tickets fly you out to a game. Yeah. I hear Cleveland's very nice in November. <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> Based on the documentary, it sounds like it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably pretty bad. <laughs> so I decided that I would embark on this journey of finding a team. So I started I started investigating all the teams. I found I found this gem, the Cleveland Browns. They sucked. They they still suck. They're bad. But I saw this team that was really bad, but their fans were just so passionate and diehard 
and they stuck with the team no matter what, no matter how bad they were. And they had this amazing tradition of like being a really good football team and having success way back in the day. And I just thought, yeah, I can, I can sink my teeth into that. I can really get behind that. So from, from that day on, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to put my toe in the water. I'm going to try the Browns, see where it goes. And that year they actually had a, don't want to say a successful year, but the year 2007, they made a run. They almost made the playoffs, Okay, but they didn't because they're not very good. Uh But that was like my, my start rooting for this team, hoping they would win. They're the underdogs. Certainly. You know, you know how great it is to cheer for an underdog. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's good. I guess it could feel good. It would. It's, you're doing the right thing, Eric. <laughs> I'm glad uh, that you're supporting me in this. I don't think you knew fully my love of Cleveland Browns or Cleveland sports. Yeah. I, I didn't at all. I, I mean, I knew you'd like the Browns, but I didn't know there was a documentary about it. Apparently, there's a documentary just for That's Cleveland. That's right. Yeah. I kind of want to dive into the documentary yeah. a little bit further. Uh, if you haven't watched this documentary, go and watch it. It's a fantastic doc, not just about the Cleveland Browns, although they are a major part because I feel like their history in Cleveland sports is so sad. Yeah, like I, I thought it was just going to be about the Browns, but it ended up being about all their the three major sports in that in that city. And I was like, oh, so... It, it's not just the Browns that's bringing Cleveland down, so to speak. But. <laughs> and not just that, but also about like the economic situation, yeah. how everyone was leaving. Just it's this, it's it's a pretty heavy doc, mm-hmm. really, yeah. and it it touches on a lot of human issues. I would say, and one of the most poignant parts of the documentary. Well, I want to get I want to get into it. What stood out to you in the documentary? Just I don't know how close. They seem to come every time. Like it was never, I guess I was expecting because I already knew beforehand that the Browns weren't so awesome. <laughs> I, I was expecting the documentary, documentary to just be this, the slog of like, man, they suck every year. Like every team sucks. But apparently that like they've come pretty close a few times in, you know, in football and basketball and baseball and, and just how close just isn't enough to keep people going. Like. I, I, and that was that just seemed to be like a common theme like it's close as it's only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades as they say so, yeah that's right yeah. the closeness you can always taste it yeah <laughs> and I, I tell people the best time to become a browns fan is not actually during the football season it's after the football season's over okay so once the football season ends in football there's there's a period where you can pick up new players mm-hmm. and you can draft players coming out of college. Right, right, right. There's all this speculation. Mm-hmm. And it is seriously the Browns Super Bowl. It is when being a Browns fan is the best, the best there is. Because there's so much hope. Mm-hmm. There's so much um, anticipation. And there's so much, this is our year. This is going to be our year. That seemed to be what they said every time. Like, we'll get them next year. Next year. Next year. Next year is our year. Next year's our year. <laughs> and so right now, we're we're nearing the end of the speculation time, and we're nearing the beginning of football season. Okay, because I was going to say, I don't even know when football season yeah. starts. So, so the first, like, real game. Yeah. They play some, like, pretend games. I Googled that. They yeah. won one of the preseason games. They did. They I won last it. night. Yeah. Very exciting to be a Browns fan right now. Speculation <laughs> is very high. It's very high. Because they won a game that doesn't count for anything. <laughs> it but, just psychs them up. <laughs> oh, you have no idea how excited Browns fans get. They see that. It's like, it's right there for the taking. And then the real games start, yeah. which start on September 10th. Um, okay. And it's going to be a slog. I just know it already. I'm already dreading it. Like that's the worst time to be a Browns fan is when the Browns are actually playing. Okay. That's that's when you don't want to be a Browns. When they're okay, so when they're not when they're not playing or when they're playing for uh, playing unofficially then it's cool. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah, when they're not playing yeah. that's when it's the best. <laughs> it's a little counterintuitive. Um 
Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I just don't I don't know what it is about the Browns. Like I said, I have no connection to that team, but I just after years of watching them, and yeah. like I said, it's been 10 years now of my yeah, life. I guess, yeah. Following this team, mm-hmm. loving this team, being with them through thin and thin. Yeah. There's no thick. <laughs> There's no good. It's been 10 years of misery, but I still love uh, them. I still, I still, it's like a little train that could. But hasn't. Hasn't. Uh, hasn't. And might. Might. Like a very remote chance. We're hoping. But I mean, I could I could tell you about our team. I could tell you about how how much we've added, how great we're gonna be, yeah. how the future looks bright. But I mean, I could have told you that five years ago, right? I could I have told you so. that three three years ago. So that I think that is the great dichotomy of the Browns and being a Browns fan is you're always hopeful, but deep down inside, you know, it's probably not going to happen. Like ever? No, I think it will happen eventually. And actually, I didn't send you the updated version of the documentary. Oh, okay. Because in fact, not this past season, but two seasons ago, the Cleveland Cavaliers won the championship. Oh, did I? I might not have watched it. No. Yeah, I, oh, okay. I, I forgot to send you. Because okay. that documentary is three years old. Yeah. And then the year after, they won. Oh, okay. So and he did like an updated ending oh. <laughs> that is very touching and very special. And it's funny because, like I said, I have no ties to Cleveland. In fact, I don't really care about the other teams. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll root for them because they're associated with the Browns. But I don't really have an association with them. Of but course. I remember watching... The Cleveland Cavaliers win that game. Yeah. And I got really emotional. And I don't like the Cavaliers. Like, I can take them or leave them. But yeah. it was just, I knew that in Cleveland, there were people that were Browns fans that were crying. Oh, of course. That would be, a, I mean, that would break. That breaks the streak. It breaks the curse. It breaks the curse. The curse is broken. And this was how long ago? This was two years ago. Okay. And was LeBron on that team? LeBron was on that team. Oh, okay. Because okay. LeBron came home. Right. He made the comeback. And he, the prodigal son uh, came home. <laughs> oh. Well, then then I'm happy for them. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's but great. see. So you don't even need the Browns no, to win now? No. What? Because we need the Browns. Oh, okay. The Browns, the Browns are the team. All right. But I want to talk to you a little bit. Sure. About your baking endeavors. My baking endeavors. Are you still baking sourdough bread? I am. I am still. Baking. How is that going? It's really good. Uh, literally delicious. Yeah, yeah I yeah. know. I've had a loaf. <laughs> it was spectacular. <laughs> Are you, you still baking bread? Yeah, I uh, just refreshed the starter a couple days ago, Ooh. and it's it's primed. I'm gonna actually make a loaf tomorrow for Sunday. So nice. Real excited. Real excited. Got some family coming in, so we're gonna. What got you into baking sourdough bread? I want to hear the story. It's a really boring story, but <laughs> I'll try and dress it up as much as I can. Uh, my uncle, he uh, he's kind of, oh, he's an amateur baker, I guess you'd say. Um, uh, I, I guess I'll lose. That's being nice about it. He's, he's really into baking. And I don't know if you know um, baking circles at all, but in Edmonton, there's a kind of a North American famous bakery called the Duchess Bake Shop. Okay. And he's a he's a regular customer there, and they they know him, and they love talking to him, and so he gets a lot of tips from them, and he practices a lot at home. So he loves to bake. Like I've had some of the stuff he bakes, and it's is pretty great. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he started to do bread, and he uh, he figured out how to make the starter. And basically, what you do is you just take flour and water, mix it together, let it sit for a bunch, and the yeasts in the air kind of go in the flour and water and make it come alive and and uh you got a living organism that makes bread for you and and yeah and so he he'd been doing that for almost a year and i told him i wanted to to learn how to do it and so he gave me a piece of his starter and i fed it like the little pet that it is (laughs) i haven't given it a name or anything but i've kept it alive since then and that was like that was at christmas time so i guess i've had it for over six months now wow yeah. That's a, that's a really cool hobby. Yeah. Now, allow me to be metaphorical. 
Oh, are you not? Are you gonna type bread into browns? <laughs> don't don't you do it? No, go ahead. I'm go. giving you your brown starter <laughs> oh, today. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and all you have to do is feed it. Okay. And it will produce not so great bread, but it will produce something. I will take it. I will take your brown starter. <laughs> I will. I will nurture it. I will. You know what? I will at least follow them. I'll look up scores once in a Ooh. while. Maybe I'll watch a game. Who knows? You never know. I know. Anytime you want to come over and watch a game, it, <laughs> it's it's a standing offer. Okay. <laughs> for sure. I want to talk to you a little bit more about the documentary. Sure. And specifically more about the Browns parts. Okay. There's a couple major instances in Browns history that are tragic. Yeah. The first is called Red Right 88. Okay. Which is a, it's a play that the guy throws into the end zone. It gets intercepted. I'm not sure if you remember that. Uh, maybe. Then there's one called the drive uh-huh. where they're winning. And then John Elway gets the ball on the two yard line and he drives the ball all the way down and he scores and they lose the game. Oh yeah. I remember that okay. one. Yeah. The, the other team was getting that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like they were up and then they yeah. were like, there's no way we can lose. And then they lost. So. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's impossible. <laughs> Just for the record, they didn't sound like that. Okay. I know, I'm sorry. They sounded really manly, manly, <laughs> and uh, but the one I want to talk about is the fumble. I don't know if you remember this. I remember part that, of the documentary. That was the Ernie Ernie, Ernie Biner. Biner? Yeah. yeah. Okay. This part of the documentary, I've watched this documentary probably three times now. Okay. And I'm not ashamed to say I I tear up a little. Well, hey. So I mean, if you're you're invested. I, I mean, the people in the documentary are invested and they got emotional. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. Makes sense. Exactly. I'll allow it. Right. <laughs> well, gee, thanks. You're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. But yeah, when Ernest Biner is talking about that experience of being on the cusp of being the hero and then having it stripped away from him, he's laying on the ground. Then he looks into the camera. Oh. He apologizes. It just, it breaks me up inside because I, I see a man who's lived his life with this weight of like failure and letting people down. That was clear. You could totally tell that he just, he just felt like it was all his fault. I mean, which of course it technically was. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's too much of a burden for one person to handle. When I watch that, that moment for me is like an encapsulation of why I like the Browns Yeah, is because this guy, he could just say whatever. It was a game 30 years ago. Who cares? It weighs on him because he knows how much everyone that is in that community mm-hmm. is, is rooting for it Yeah, and how, how invested everyone is. I think that's what I like most about it. Um, I started this podcast to hear people's passions mm-hmm. and to talk to people about things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I hope that comes through when people listen to these. Um, but I love seeing people that are passionate about things and no more is that more evident than Brown's culture and Brown's fans, um, that are passionate about something that they really shouldn't like the level of passion doesn't match the level of success. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but but it makes sense. What are some things that you're really passionate about that are just crazy that you're passionate about? Does that make sense? Like no, you're uh, irrationally passionate <laughs> about. Uh, no, I think that's the appropriate way to, to describe it. Irrationally passionate? Yeah. I I get irrationally passionate about a good story, whether it's in movie form or book form. I just, I cannot get it out of my brain if I know that, I don't know, like Star Wars, for example, I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And so I just get like crazy excited when, like when the new movies are coming out or when I get to sit down and have a marathon with my family. Like I'd seen the movies dozens of times, but it doesn't matter because I get to watch it again and kind of live in that world. So I guess I'm actually passionate about living vicariously through other people's. Through Star Wars. Through Star Wars or, or, or good books. Like I really like fantasy and so like reading those what are you reading these days these days um the stormlight archive if you've ever heard of brandon sanderson i haven't haven't? we're we're embarking into my know nothingness okay because there's lots i don't know about so okay well (laughs) if you like fantasy um then he's kind of the one of the more recent big names to come out in fantasy he 
he finished a really um, famous series called The Wheel of Time because the author passed away and he was asked by the by the surviving wife to finish the series, which is a huge honor for him. And he already has, he's well established with his own series. So, But it's really compelling and really interesting because his characters are so diverse. And so, I don't know, they're, they're really believable. It's sometimes you'll read something and every character in the book sounds the same like you could quote the book and you wouldn't know who was talking if you didn't like look and say oh that person said it yeah but all of his characters are really cool so yeah that's awesome i could talk about i could talk about what i'm reading lately for a long time so, <laughs> so you're a bookworm yeah. you're always in the you're always bit. in the books yeah right now i'm reading dune have you ever heard of dune no so that's an old sci-fi classic like think from the 50s or 60s okay but it's like it's prolific it set the tone for sci-fi one of the many books that that established the sci-fi as a yeah. genre has, what makes it so good um i don't really know what makes it so like prolific I, I i guess it's um it's respectable like it's not you read it and it's it's very fleshed out and very again the characters are really detailed and the plot is is really diverse like it's it's not so simple you know you're it's not like i love harry potter but it's not harry potter you know okay. harry potter's so easy to wrap your head around it's like oh it's not really Uh-oh. deep Uh-oh. i love harry potter Little potter fans no, are- no i love i just for the record i love harry potter and that is one of the things i'm irrationally passionate about but i won't read harry potter for some reasons i'll read sanderson for example for reasons that i can't for for things that i can't get from like a harry potter book yeah and that's what you get from doing too you get a lot of depth and you get a lot of oh you can really i might my uncle said this you can live like you can see harry potter characters as yourself it's really easy to project yourself in a harry potter book yeah. because the characters are kind of like wow you know like you'll never know if hermione said something or ron said something unless you read it whereas like you you get to watch characters in like a dune book or in a sanderson book you don't really insert yourself in them if that makes any sense yeah no that makes total sense yeah that was actually one of the initial ideas of this show because i've never read the harry potter books oh no this okay. is blasphemy oh wait i remember for that. a harry potter fan <laughs> i read like i got i started the first one but see i started reading them when i was like 25 yeah so it's like it doesn't translate especially the first book because it's so childish yeah and i i don't lynch me. Don't kill me. I I get it. Like it was written for a child. Yeah. Okay. And in that perspective, and it does a good job of that. But for a 25 year old, it's just, I didn't find it very compelling. So I was just like, like, when does this get good? Like, and then I got bored. This is the story of my life. This is video games. This is movies. Like I just get bored with them. And then I got bored. <laughs> I just, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh. Take something really compelling to get me like hooked. But see, my my thinking behind Harry Potter is like, as she continued to write, she sort of matured the book with her audience. That's how I feel anyway. Totally. And it's the same thing with the movies. Like you watch the first movie and you're kind of like, first movie's not awesome. Yeah. And then they get progressively better. Like I, I've seen the movies. Yeah. So when I when I got engaged to my wife, uh-huh. she made me watch all the movies (laughs) before i could before i could propose like that was that was like one of the stipulations okay you must watch all the harry potter movies before we can marry before we can wed i i agree with that i think it's a great uh, stipulation (laughs) to have yeah so i was forced to watch harry potter Uh and then i forced her to watch a lot of browns football which (laughs) i don't know which is worse (laughs) <laughs> I'm guessing I well I, I know which is worse. Yeah. What which is worse? Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Browns for no, sure. No, no, of course it's Browns football. I ha- yeah. I made her watch it. I yeah. bought her jerseys. She like gripes and groans every time I'm like, "Wife, I have my jersey on. Yeah. Put she? your jersey on." <laughs> she never does it. No. Cuz she's she doesn't want to be that person. Okay. Which is respectable. I guess so. But I bought Brown's onesies for my daughter and uh, I feel like I love them. Yeah. They look awesome. Like you love your, Oh, I was like, I thought you were saying I love my daughter. Oh yeah. She's good too. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But no, I love, I love, you know, I, I bought them and like, as soon as I put them on, I got this feeling like, 
the Browns are going to win? No. Oh. No, I'm not that naive. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I got this feeling like I'm passing the torch to oh, the next I generation, see. which was kind of in the documentary yeah. with uh, the writer from Esquire and his son yeah. at the end there. Yeah. That, that's such a moving part too. But I, I kind of had that moment where I was like, she's going to grow up <laughs> like it or not rooting for the Browns. And there's going to come a moment in her life where she's like, I hate the Browns. I hate you, dad. I'm done with this. What if it doesn't happen? Like what if that is a man can dream, I guess, but I always feel kind of bad. Like I'm, I'm, I'm prideful. Uh-huh. I want her to embrace this love of mine, but I feel bad because I know, I know what pain I'm inflicting on her in the future. If she were to ever start following the team. I see. So Harry Potter mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah, I should introduce her to Harry Potter because that's a little less painful. I like, I'm sure your, your wife will do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure she will. Do you know what house you're from? Wait, let me guess. Oh, this is going to offend maybe, but I was, I'm going to say Ravenclaw. I don't, you know what? I very well could be. I've never taken You've one never of done them. it? I've never done it. Oh. I guess, I guess that's where my fan, my fandomness drops off i've never done that sort of potter uh what's that what's that uh, pottermore pottermore i couldn't remember i'm a bigger fan of this (laughs) i've been indoctrinated i'm no i'm a i'm a a purist just the books and movies okay all else is is uh, false yeah (laughs) no i'm kidding it's all cool have you have you been following the uh fantastic beasts spinoffs i went and saw the movie yeah how was it It did you enjoy it I liked it. It was just good. I mean, I remember getting the book as a kid and I kind of leafed through it. I didn't really read it because it wasn't, to a kid, it wasn't terribly interesting. It seemed more technical as like a, a mock manual for, yeah. It And it wasn't the story, if I remember correctly, but yeah, the movie was all right. <laughs> well there's a second one coming out so be yeah, excited for that i will i'll go see it i'll probably i know you will you you'll be there first day you'll be in your <laughs> cosplay maybe i i don't know maybe your ron cosplay my, my big red ron wig and, <laughs> yeah you need to really do do a test I'm, I'm curious what house you're in um i'd probably be Gryffindor because i'm amazingly brave <laughs> And noble. The funny thing is, see, here's my gripe Uh with Harry Potter. Man, it's all coming out. Harry Potter fans are going to kill me. Uh. And football fans, people that came here to hear about Browns football are going to be like, what are are Like, what's happening right now? But, see, my, my problem is the story sets up perfectly to have all the kids from different houses, right? Like Harry's like the brave, courageous one, whatever. Mm-hmm. Ron is clearly a Hufflepuff. Like the guy is like, he doesn't care about anything, <laughs> right? How he ended up in Gryffindor is beyond me. Hermione, obviously Ravenclaw, yeah. super smart, yeah. super brilliant. Like, no, that's not realistic. <laughs> but because they put all the main characters into the same house, everyone wants to be Gryffindor. Yeah, of course. Nobody wants to be any other house. Yeah. And so I went to Universal Studios. Uh, was it Universal? No, I went on the Warner Brothers tour, lot tour. Yeah. And there they have a whole section of Harry Potter stuff because Warner Brothers distributes the movie or something. Yeah, yeah. And they have a sorting hat. It's like an animatronic hat. Oh, for real? That you sit down and this hat gets placed on you and it just is like a random thing and it just says like the same nine things over and over and just <laughs> randomly assigns you to a house oh, okay okay but you line up to go get sorted so i was like ah whatever so i sat down i got hufflepuff obviously i'm a hufflepuff yeah i do not contend that i'm a hufflepuff yeah honestly hufflepuff seems like the coolest house zero responsibility all the fun yes i'm game <laughs> I also empty headed, apparently. That's okay. (laughs) That's all right. But all these kids in front of me, they would get sorted Uh into Ravenclaw or Slytherin, and they'd be like, I don't want that. I'm going back. I'm getting back in line (laughs) until I get Griffin. And of course, it would give them a new one every time. Yeah, because it's just like a random thing, right? Yeah. But no, that's not how this works. Okay. (laughs) 
cave people. Yeah. If she would have written the characters in separate houses, you would have had like some like girls that would have been like, yeah, I want to oh, be yeah. Ravenclaw. Yeah. yeah, I want to be like Ron. No one would say that. No <laughs> one would say that. They'd say, ah, to heck with Ron. They hate that guy. <laughs> He's all right. Ron's a cool guy. I want to be just like, you know what? Ron's the Browns of Harry Potter. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's probably true. It is probably true. He's kind of bumbling, yeah. but lovable. Yeah, of course. Lovable. He never really succeeds, but I guess he does. Because <laughs> he gets Emma Watson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. At the end. So you're saying there, there is hope for me yet. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I think your next step in the evolution of Brownsness is to watch a game. I, I guess I have to. Would yeah. you be willing to watch a Browns game with me? Yeah, I'd totally be down. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. You don't know what you've done. You've, <laughs> you've, you've started it. Do I have a choice? <laughs> uh, no, you totally have a choice. You totally have a choice. All right. But we'll have to do like a follow-up episode of your first Browns game. We can live tweet it. Yeah. I'm sure you're on the Twitter. You tweet all yeah. the time. Uh, no, sure. <laughs> I can. I can. If you need we could live tweet your impressions. Your first, it, it'll be a lot of like tear emojis, yeah, I'm guessing. Probably. I'm, I mean, I feel this connection to the people in the documentary now. So there's got to be some more emotional connection when I watch a game. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. So you're like, you're like, I know nothing when it comes to football, too. Pretty much. How, how much do you know about the game of football? Pretty little? Um, I guess I know a little bit. Like, I'll, I'd play with my friends and have, you know, like, my friends that played on the football team and they would teach us the rules and stuff. So I, I have a general understanding of, yeah. the, of the logic of the game. <laughs> not the nitty-gritty rules, I guess. So. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. To embark on your journey. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited for this. I think what we need to do is we need to send this to all of the Browns people, get you some free gear. Okay. Get you loaded up. Yeah. So that you can uh, you can appreciate the Browns more fully. Okay. So you want me to say something to Browns fans? Or? Yeah. Oh. Say give 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 your uh, give a, a motivational speech to the Browns fans. Okay, let, let me set the stage. Okay. Okay. We've had years of horribleness. Just disappointment after disappointment, misery. We're on the cusp of a new generation, second year coach. Mm-hmm. So, pretty new coach. Okay. We just had the first pick in the draft. Okay. Which means you get to pick the whoever you want. You get the first guy. Okay. And so, generally, that first guy is the best the guy. Best guy. Okay. So, and we got, we got a guy that I think is really good. So we're on the cusp of something great. Okay. Give me the give me the speech to rouse the troops. I'm gonna play some like like have you ever watched sports movies where the yeah, coaches? So you got some horns in I'll the get background. Some, some really cool like yeah. atmospheric music underneath. Building up to something great. Remember the Titans yeah, I got style. You. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Hit hit me with it. Okay. Um people of Cleveland, you've been beaten down. You're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, and you're in, you're out, again and again. Getting beat sucks, and it looks like it's still happening, but you'll probably still be getting beat. But I think, I think this is your year. This year is your year. I think this is your moment. You got this this draft pick, which must mean things are amazing. This man, he is the next... Jim Brown, he's the, yeah, yeah, second year coach, he's going to turn into the other Brown guy, the one that, that the team's named after. Paul Brown, Paul That's Brown, right. yeah. Yeah. I would be happy to join you and celebrate with you this year when they take the, the, the Super Bowls. Well, yes. Thing. Yes. Call. All right. The music, uh, if you could have heard it as I heard it, <laughs> the music was swelling it was a thing of beauty. Yeah, I'm glad. It, that will all be put in in post. Okay, good. You'll get good. to hear it that way. Awesome. <laughs> I can't wait for that part. That part uh, will be great. So any final thoughts as you embark on your new... <laughs> I, I feel like I've, I've like kidnapped you and tortured you <laughs> and I've 
I've kept you kidnapped for long enough, almost an hour, that you now have like Stockholm syndrome. You're coming around. No, I, I, yeah, no, I feel an attachment to you, Eric, that I didn't before. <laughs> I, yeah, and I will now be a Browns fan forever. So. Yes. I uh, no, I just it was a really cool documentary to watch. I think that people. If there's anything that people can put their energy and their passion into, it would be the pride of their city and the pride of their people. And that's something that's clear in sports fans and especially in Cleveland sports fans. So, yeah, I admire them for that. I think I think every fan around the world could take a lesson from that and be not a fair weather fan, but a true fan, you know, someone that'll support people no matter what happens and that's a good quality to have. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you came on the show today. Thank you. I'm glad to have you. This wow. is a fun experience. It for was me. fun for me too. And yeah, thank you. It was fun to tell you about my love of the Browns. It's something kind of embarrassing for me. I don't share it often. It's not <laughs> something that I uh, immediately tell people when I first meet them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of like, mm, and I'm a Browns fan. I kind of slip it in as they're leaving. Right. It's like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm a Browns fan. And any football fan would know that this is this is silly or embarrassing. Yes. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It, unless, you know, the Cleveland Browns fans are going to rally behind me. Of they're course. Lift me up. And they're going <laughs> to know that in Lethbridge, Alberta, there is one fan. That's it. There's one. There's one of me uh, in the whole city. But I'm here rooting every Sunday. I'm, I, uh. It's a it's a thing, Eric. It's passion. There's two, two. There's two brown fans oh. in Lethbridge, Alberta. Well, I I got shivers. <laughs> I got goosebumps. You don't you don't know you don't know how long this has been. I I will root for the Browns. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy right now. This is the best. <laughs> I'm glad. So good. Anytime you want to come back on and uh, give us an update. On your love of the Browns, okay. How you've matured in your in your football knowledge, you're you're more than welcome to come on. I'll do my best. Also, anytime you want to come on and talk lit, uh, sci-fi series, yeah, uh, Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> you let me know. All right, I'll I'll be there. <laughs> Are you a Star Wars fan? Um, I dabble. Okay, I I'd say I dabble okay. for sure. You dabble. I like uh, obviously original trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and more so than that, yeah. I'm the type of guy that likes like the original original of course. trilogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On shop first. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I I wouldn't say I'm like die hard. Okay. I don't know like all the things and all the creature names. There's a lot that. to know. And There's I don't, so much. I don't know it all Do you either. read the like the star wars fiction that's something i've never done like the no. canon no. i know there's like stories that branch out that are kind of like their canon or kind of viewed that way well ever since disney took over they turned all the last decades of star wars literature into uh like a, a fantasy a fantasy realm so it's not like pure canon anymore okay so disney's like no we don't like that stuff or we're going to redo it. So there have been like maybe half a dozen Star Wars books since Disney took over that are now official canon. So really? A lot of Star Wars fans hated that. What, rightly so. because You you as well? Well, I've never actually read any of the books. So. But what, what is your feeling about Disney coming in and, and, and taking over your franchise? I don't mind. A lot of... I think that's really where a lot of people divided. Like... Um, a lot of diehard fans didn't like the new Star Wars movies, and that's because they because they were upset about the the canon being ruined or having Disney put their fingers and everything. But sure. I, you know what? Like I said, I like a good story, and if it's good, I enjoy it and I'm into it. And so I liked Force Awakens, and I loved Rogue One. Yeah, and I'm if it's a good next episode eight. Then I I will love that too, regardless Which, of who's behind. I'm it, telling so. you, generally speaking, the second one is the best. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, episode five is awesome. Yeah, episode Empire Strikes yeah. Back. That is the movie. No, Empire is yeah, and that's what a lot of people's favorites are. So. Of of course, because yeah. it's clearly the best. Yeah, it is really good. It's it clearly is. the best. It's clear. <laughs> it is clearly the best. It's, I it's, agree with you. It's it is, so good. It is the best. It is so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, no, I really enjoyed Rogue, Rogue One as well, yeah. like a lot. Yeah. Even though it's like the Shakespearean play of of uh, Star Wars, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty depressing, but it, it, it is. is really good. It is good. Um, yeah, I was just, I was really just blown away with all the CG in it. Um, yeah, that old guy, whatever his name is. The like general guy, oh, you know uh, his name. No, I can't remember it. Oh, um. come on! <laughs> the 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 Star Wars fans are screaming at their stereos right now. It's Emperor blah blah blah. Uh. <laughs> you come on! But no, he was awesome. Like his no, his was, CG was pretty. It was really pretty good. impressive. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this new movie. I th- I think it's gonna be pretty good. Well, thanks for being on this episode. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I give all the all the guests something to plug. If you would oh. like to plug anything, your Twitter, your Instagram. I know all those selfies you take; they're uh, they're really paying off. I I wish um, I had anything to plug, like a blog, your favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'll plug the Stormlight Archive then. Oh yeah, book number three comes out in November. Love it. Um, so you got like a month to read like twenty three hundred pages worth of chump chain stuff yeah give me a challenge yeah (laughs) well they're really good so read some fantasy that you like try something new if you haven't read fantasy try it if you read too much fantasy try something else there you go wise words yeah well thanks for being on thank you and there you have it another episode of the know nothing podcast our special thanks to Daniel for being on this episode. If you haven't already checked out the Andy Billman documentary, Believeland, make sure to go do that. It's a great documentary for sports fans and non-sports fans alike. Also, be sure to connect with us on Twitter at KnowNothingPod or on Facebook at KnowNothingPodcast. Visit our website, KnowNothingPodcast.com. There you can read show notes and companion blogs for previous episodes. As always, thanks to you, the listener, and be sure to tune in next time on the Know Nothing Podcast.